welcome back to the latest episode in a brand new series of Chicken Sheds Youth Theatre, The State of Being podcast. We hope you are well and safe and looking forward to the brighter days ahead of us. My name is Anna and we are now back in our glorious building, in pods within our projects, socially distanced and working towards our events. This new series focuses on our youth theatre projects and the topics surrounding them. So, enjoy our opening episode, Post Lockdown Feels. First up, we hear from our youth theatre members and staff about what they are doing now lockdown is easing slightly and how they are feeling about it. They also talk about advice they would give themselves at the start of lockdown one and songs that make them excited for the future. Going out more to the park and stuff with my friends while keeping like social distancing and just enjoying being back in school for once. Just it being more sunny and being able to go outside and do things. I've gone to Norwich and met my friends and it's been really amazing. I'm really excited to be back at Chicken Shed. Me too, I really like coming to Chicken Shed and it's nice to see everyone and I can also go to school and meet my friends and do stuff like that. I mean, I, I hope to leave the house because <laughs> obviously it's, it's summer coming up um, and I'm actually going to leave the house this time and see people. <laughs> um, so since the shops have opened and everything, I did go out to London with my friends in a group of under six and we went out to a few places in London just around. Well, I really, um, I really miss my friends in lockdown. So coming back to school has been great because I get to um, study before my uh, mock exams, so I can actually um, be in the learning environment. And also, it's just lovely to see my friends again when I just see their names on a computer screen. Going to places. I mean, that's pretty much what you can't do in lockdown. Therefore, it's always going to be what I'm looking forward to. But. A lot of stuff like restaurants, like pre-lockdown, I really looked forward to going out to places, specifically Italians, because I'm, I just love pasta a bit too much. But yeah, I found that it was quite nice to go out with family, because I don't often spend time with them, eat food that's restaurant-grade quality, and then just have ice cream and stuff I don't generally tend to have around the house. And also... When, you, when you're on Zoom, I mean, obviously a lot of stuff has adapted to be on Zoom and a lot of the opportunities we would have otherwise had have been on the platform. And while that is obviously great, I have also missed, like, being, like, being here. I mean, recording this in the building, but, like, being back at Chicken Shed is something great. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm way more excited for this uh, lifting of lockdown the last years um, I think that personally I'm just less anxious because I suppose I've had the vaccine and other people have had the vaccine and so it just sort of feel I feel less anxious about it which is really good and I'm just so excited coming back in the building so I loved coming back in and just seeing everyone's faces and seeing all the children doing what they do in the sessions, hearing everyone sing. Oh my goodness, just amazing, absolutely amazing. Really, really, it's really, really hard not to hug people and squeeze people. Um, but that will come. We'll, we'll get to that point where we can do that again. <laughs> I feel really relieved that it's lifting because 
I literally hated being in lockdown like for most of it because I felt like you couldn't go anywhere you couldn't you felt I felt trapped basically during lockdown and now that like even like the small bits like going back to school just like that change in my day has made a, a really big difference it's it's great I mean it's just amazing to be able to go out and see people <laughs> which I mean you, you don't think that's going to be so great until you can't see people yeah it's pretty lonely lockdown wasn't it so <laughs> You know, now we're out, now you can talk to people. I want to come out of lockdown, I'm just kind of bored. <laughs> I just want to go out. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to hope, I just, yeah, I want to have a good summer. It will be slow, but it will be worth it. Um, I feel like for me, I'm quite uh, anxious. I think I had too much time during the first and second, probably the third lockdown to um, think about who I am as a person and what I mean in other people's lives too much, I think. And it's kind of like when I feel like lockdown obviously stripped us of like freedom and everyday things that we're used to doing, like for example, chicken shed or school or going out with friends. So you, you do have a lot of time by yourself, which is a good thing. Also can be a bit detrimental. So I would say that definitely coming out of lockdown, I'm a lot more anxious about even just hanging out with people that I've known for a long time like I do struggle to kind of find those connections and sort of be myself because I've had so much time to think about who I am that it's probably a bit too overwhelming for to be overloaded with those thoughts so I'm feeling really hopeful that everything will start to get back to normal yeah I'm really happy that I can get back to a bit of normality and see my friends and go out and stuff um, kind of strange. I have been back to school now, but it's a, I like um, being in contact. Well, yeah, I mean, it is actually quite lonely at home, but, uh, but normally I just uh, like having myself back at school, seeing my little sister and most, most of my friends. If I was to tell me before lockdown what to do, it would be uh, to when you are able to leave the house, leave the house and don't stay in your room all day. Um, probably just to like actually make an effort to go out and see people because it's just been so much greater when I have gone out and texted someone or, or been social. Don't be lonely, <laughs> don't be lonely. Um, I would tell myself, um, just hang in there. I don't know, I remember saying like every day like, Okay, we're one more, one day closer to freedom. I think that was quite a good thing. Like, even now, I'm like, okay, one, one day closer to like full freedom. So I guess I told myself that all along. Um, but yeah, literally every day I remember like, because I had like a little journal, and every day I would write, okay, one day closer to a bit this being over. Um, also, like, it will get better, like with the vaccine and stuff. You know, just positive things, and don't watch the news. Honestly, every time I heard the news, I ran out like the living room because that just like made my heart race too much. But yeah, don't watch the news and hang in there. Enjoy the warm weather. I would have said to not stress so much and focus about what I will need to do afterwards rather than what I'm doing right now, like in terms of school and stuff with all the work. I feel like it's interesting because with the first lockdown I think everyone sort of embraced it in a way because it was quite like a novel thing and it had never happened before um, so I would say 
to myself then like try and keep that attitude at the beginning where it was like oh I actually have time to do these things I've never had before and keep that throughout the next three lockdowns because you'll need that that positivity um and yeah so to like embrace the lockdown um enjoy the time alone and like reflect on everything um also I think take time to do things that like you want to do so like if it's a hobby that you thought you know be nice to try because you've got all the time in the world so to prepare that is going to be a long time and start being motivated more um I would tell myself to focus more just on generally everything um that it will get better and it won't be as hard as it was at the start at the beginning of the first lockdown I kind of I knew it was coming, like I sensed it was coming, we predicted it was coming. I remember about, I'd been watching the news and I could see what was happening and my eldest daughter was in Italy, so there was a feeling of us like uh, worrying what was going to happen in Italy. Um, she got back and then she had to self-isolate self and then we self, not, she didn't put test positive. But I think something happened. Oh, one of my daughters, my younger daughters, developed a cough. And so she was sent home from school. And then we all had to self-isolate. So a week before the lockdown, I was at home and I didn't come in. Um, but how did I feel? Confused, anxious, worried. My dad was in hospital. My brother was in Puerto Rico. Um, and so I was anxious to my brother to get back into the country. Bassi was in Australia, so I was in contact with him. I had a friend in New Zealand. She got trapped in New Zealand for a year. So yeah, it was it was an odd time because we, I kind of, at first, I didn't know how it was gonna work. The whole Zoom thing, working from home. I couldn't see how my job was going to work. And then very quickly, we kind of worked out how it would work and I was really well supported and encouraged by other people. Um, and then, yeah, I think I kind of enjoyed being at home with my kids and being able to work through last summer and I felt relatively safe amongst all of the craziness that was going on in the world. Yeah, first lockdown. I mean, I've got a few songs, but uh, the, the first song, although it's not like technically, like it's not what I'm aspiring for, but it just sort of makes me feel good and happy and like ready for summer and all of that stuff is uh, uh, Billionaire by Bruno Mars. Absolutely love it. Because <laughs> it's just, it always lifts the mood, do you know what I mean? And um, there's also, what else is there? Uh, a song called Vacation by Dirty Heads. And it's basically just about, it's this guy singing about like how um, he's on, technically he's on vacation every day because he loves what he does. It's like, although he's working, he loves what he does so it feels like a vacation. Um, I, I love that song. And then the last one is uh, Dancing's Not a Crime by Panic at the Disco, which just a very, it just makes, I mean it sounds cringe, but it just makes me want to dance, like, no, like, it just, they're sort of uplifting, happy songs, like, like uh, if I'm on my way somewhere, like I did it last summer, like if I'm on my way somewhere in the car or something like that, like I'll put those sorts of songs on, just because it will sort of pump me up for whatever I'm doing, like whatever it is. I would say, probably, I don't know, Radio Last by Pink. 
I think that's a pretty good song. Sort of puts me in, in a good mood. Well, I like all songs normally. Um, normally rock, pop, and all different ones that I really like. My favourite of them all is, well, you know, um, Ed Sheeran. Um, just anything upbeat, really. Anything with, like, a nice meaning and stuff like that. Not, like, one in particular. Lots of upbeat songs. Or just, like, typical pop songs and, like, yeah, rap and stuff. On May the 15th, we held our first weekend itch since the start of the pandemic. Here's Tom to talk about what the itch is and what it means to him. Well, uh, the itch to me is very important because that's how I got into Shed. That's sort of like the first, like, it's the first taste of Shed that I had. And I remember, like, I was nervous, but then obviously it's like chicken Shed, so I felt accepted, like, straight away. And all I remember is like being asked to do something and it was like there was like so much pressure and like there's like a room full of people and I was like, oh my god, I really don't want to mess it up. But like I, I went to so many different drama schools before it, not drama schools, but like drama things. And it was like the first one where like I wasn't bricking it as much as I thought I'd be bricking it. And when I did it, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Uh, so the itch is just like, it's a taste of shed. It's just like a five hour taste of shed. And I think the itch is important also for new members, but also for chicken shed because I remember when I did Itch, they used the stuff that we did there and they used some of the ideas. And I was sort of amazed because I just thought they were like lying, like, oh yeah, we're not going to use anything. But like, I think the Itch is important because it gives you fresh ideas. Like, Shed is all about good change, I think. It's constantly about changing and being the best it can be. And stuff like the Itch is needed because it gets people to want to do stuff. It gets people into Shed and it sort of shows Shed that there's other people out there than just like the, the like people that they know. You know, and it shows them that like there is new talent out there. We just have to like get them in and show them what shed is. Right, go on. Keep so me starting. and Anna, me okay. and Anna, we were going in a show called Keats. Well, and actually, well, we were going to be. It didn't happen. But yeah, me and Anna were both. We were both at the itch, and that's where like the Keats idea started, and we got drawn to it like really quickly. We were like really into it. Yeah. But yeah, like and like I spent a whole project doing Keats and that was purely Keats is a itch. poem a, yeah. po- a poem a, a poet, poet. Um, he died like 220 years ago and from tuberculosis TB <laughs> from TB <laughs> it started from the itch and like ideas that were at the itch made it into the final thing yeah and like the people who wanted to do the itch did end up doing Keats like everyone who wanted to do the itch was in Keats like mm. no one got left out of it and I think that's why it's also important because it's you're thinking about the future, but you're you're sort of you're thinking about what's next to do with Shed. Like I said before, like it's how can we change Shed and make it better with new people, but also with new ideas and stuff. Yeah. What do you think, Anna? Yeah, you said it all. <laughs> I think what was quite exciting about Keats was that it was site specific. Yeah. So we did it in the Keats Museum in Hampstead, and. Well, we rehearsed. We didn't actually end up doing it. Um, we were like two weeks away from it. Was, I think it was a week away. Yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but like I remember, like literally, the first thing, like the first thing we did at the itch was we talked about like the site and the plans mm. and how and how like I, mean, I keep saying this, but it's about the change and like how Shingshaw was going to go out 
to Keats House and not in Chicken Shed and how we'd have to perform it somewhere we never performed it before with audiences that aren't really... Chicken Shed audience. Yeah, like, to, like Chicken Shed audience, you know your mum's going to be there, you know your friends yeah. are going to be there. But this, like, people who liked Keats were going to be there. And there's someone, like, I read his poems and, like, but, like, that all started from the itch. Like, I found out about Keats from the itch. So it isn't... I think it's about people kind of seeing what Shed is, but also Shed seeing what other what? people can do. That's why I think mm-hmm. the itch is so important. What on earth is going on here then? What's, what is going on? Next, we hear from Robin and Ellie explaining what is happening this term in youth theatre sessions as they mop the floor of the Rain Theatre. So, what's going on for youth theatre on a Monday night? Monday nights at the moment are sessions, uh, the latest session, which is 7.15 to 8.45. We have five pods of teenagers... Um, who are working on something we're calling the Parent Project. So the Parent Project is a project that started, oh, way back in January, December, January, and it started with the idea of teenagers came up with questions that they could ask their parents about what it was like to be to be a parent, or what, what life was like before being a parent. Um, and then all of them were encouraged to go and interview their parents about that. It has since developed... And we've more recently been talking to teenagers about what are difficult conversations they've had with parents. It's led to some really interesting conversations. Um, we're working on some beautiful songs to do, to do with sort of absent parents or, or the loss of a parent. Um, so yeah, lots of very deep, meaningful um, stuff, but with a bit of humour, dark humour thrown in as well. Yeah. Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. Okay, Tuesday nights. There's a lot going on on Tuesday. We have a project which I just call YTB at the moment. It's a completely youth-led project, which actually means I don't know a huge amount about it. We've got two of our young producers, and they are leading three pods of youth theatre through a process where I think they're looking at sort of stories, um, well-known stories, and how those can be used... To, to explain what it's like to be a teenager or the issues that are facing being a teenager. They've got some really excellent project producers in there and a lot of very new people, actually. Tuesday night's probably got the most new group of new people we've got in our youth theatre moment, but it's great, really good workshops. We've also got something called The Female Project, which is a group of just young women. Um, all of them are sort of above the age of 15 or 16, so it's a slightly older group. Very small, focused group looking at female issues. Issues facing young women in today's climate. And then we have the... We have the... Thank you. We have the (laughs) Shedlink project, which is the same as the CT Shedlink project, but for the teenagers, because there's a sort of teenage Shedlink side to it. But that's only one pod, um, so it's a small group of about 15, 12 or 15 teenagers. We also have the 18-plus group which um, is a bit of an odd name, but the, the group of, uh, of our members, our youth theatre members, there's only about six or seven of them who come at the moment who currently aren't allowed to mix with the rest of our youth theatre due to coronavirus restrictions. Thursday nights, well, Annie, you know all about Thursday nights, because yes. it is Thursday night. Um, but yes, on a Thursday night, the Youth Theatre Project is Living Letters, uh, which is an intergenerational project on Zoom, it was amazing. We met with the elder generation every week. So we have about 45 young people in this project, but we have linked them up with... Um, I mean, I, I work with Rachel on this project, 
um, and Rachel Yates has been working on this project for a long time. It's connected to the Space Between Us project, which has been running for many years now. Um, and Living Letters is a sort of spin-off project from that, but actually the project that we're working on is actually an even further development, which we're calling Tracks of Our Years. Um, and we're working on it at the moment. So we're looking at decades, working through the last 10 decades um, and looking at certain significant moments in time um, and significant tracks that sort of uh, link those moments in time. Friday. Friday night is actually the one youth theatre night of the week that I'm not physically involved with. So I'm not actually here on a Friday evening. It's a project called the International Project. Um, and... Uh, I know that the group that sort of uh, work on a Friday evening link up with other people in other countries. Um, I think they're working with a group in Israel, but I think that group doesn't meet on a Friday evening. <laughs> so I think they actually meet up with another group. Uh, they, they meet up with that group at, at, on another night of the week. Um, but those youth this members, there's only three pods, um, and I think maybe it's, it's only about 30 people. Um, on a Friday evening, um, but of all the youthist projects, it's the one I know least about. I've never been to one of their sessions, which I probably should on a Friday evening. And they put you on the spot here. Talk about Friday sessions. Yeah. Okay. Like generally, what goes on in a Friday session? In a Friday session. So on Fridays, we um, initially the project started with us thinking about it being an international project, but. Due to lots of factors, um, we kind of had to steer it a bit away from that and now it's a bit more focused on like a global identity and how interconnected the world is and how we can look at our similarities and differences and we're working closely with a group of young people in Israel um, to kind of develop some themes that are working around kind of figuring out how young people can the world in a more interconnected way um, and it is only a small group on a Friday there's only about 30 people and we just are kind of looking at having lots of conversations um, figuring out all, all different stuff about global issues um, things we have in common and that's about it it's a really a work in progress project it, it finds itself each week it finds its voice each week now with a creative interlude written last year by one of our youth theatre members at the time. The song is about Sonda, realising that everyone around you is experiencing the same complexities in life, just like you, but without realising. We hope you enjoy. to be I'm in the middle A million faces seem so simple But I just can't help but feel like maybe something's missing
so different I'm wishing one day you'll let me see the world you're living I don't know why But it feels like you can't see things through my eyes And all I want is for us to try But maybe we can help make things Couldn't go through a whole song without without getting one of those major seven nines in there. Come on.